0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Hello and welcome back to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing with the SEN Fridays and the top end, boys. Jacko's taken off, uh, off to school for the uh, Jacko, but you're in the studio here with Raf and Robbie. Uh, Raf, we'll just touch on some AFL stuff. Uh, Brandon Parfitt had a season-high 26 disposals, nine tackles in Geelong's loss to Western Bulldogs Saturday night. The Cat midfielder also had an equal game-high eight clearances. Brandon Parfitt's a player that did play in the grand final last year as a sub, but hasn't played much football this year. Um, where are you seeing Brandon's prog- progression at there, Raf? Yeah, it's a, it'd be an interesting one to
0: um, talk, like whether he's another year in contract, or he's, if he's out mm. of contract, and um, whether there's um, you know an option for him to put his hand up and, and look elsewhere. Because um, yeah, he, he sort of wasn't in favour last year as well, was he? He was sort of like mm. was very lucky to yep. get um, play those last few games and actually end up with a premiership. So. You know, you can't complain about that one, but yeah, I haven't seen too much of Brendan in, in the senior side this year, whether he's been injured or not, but um, good to see him finish off the year with a, a great game and whether that, um, you know, puts his hand up to show other clubs that he he's still got a bit left in him and, um, you know, if mm. other clubs are looking for that extra midfielder that can come come in and play that half-forward midfield role, um, he'd be definitely a, a chance. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him up there at the Gold Coast with the other Territory boys and mm. might be a good mix for him up there, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, what what happens in the next few weeks for Brendan?
1: Yeah, it definitely does. Um, but he's, he's he's probably been pushed out of that midfield a bit with Adkins getting more mid- midfield minutes and Holmes. But then he gets the midfield minutes this week and last week and had eight clearances. So clearly, um, he probably should be playing a bit more. Yep. Um, We've seen Michael McLean was inducted into the Brisbane Lions Hall of Fame. Have you got a Michael McLean story or something yeah. to share with the audience?
0: Oh, Majo, you know everyone knows how oh, most of the territory people anyone has anything to do with Mr. Cool Majo, he's uh, never never seems to be phased, never seems to be in a rush um, he's got all the time in the world, he's always got to be chewing on his chewing gum and you know, he's always got the time and day for everyone and, and you know, it's great to see him back in the in the Junior Thunder program mm. um, helping Brent Renolf, um, with those boys coming through and You know, uh, you wouldn't want any better for the kids to learn off, um, you know, his mind, um, the way he teaches the game as well, um, Mm. you know. Big shout out to the McLean family. Um, I've seen a lot of photos from the boys um, down there with the, the mum and dad and, and the mm-hmm. sister as well, all at the presentation. And you know, um, you know, Major, if you're turning in, mate, bloody congratulations, and hopefully see you soon too. I can give you a hug and shake your hand. So, um, yeah,
1: one of the greats. And <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've got sort of like three Michael McLean stories. And um, oh, one would be when we first started out at Thunder, when Thunder first started, he was inaugural coach 2009, um, and we did a push-up contest. And I don't know if he actually. Won the contest, but <laughs> I remember uh, he, he went very close to winning it. And we had about forty blokes; there, all fit young men. Uh, Maga would have been probably pushing late forties. And actually, I think he might have almost won the push-up contest out of everyone. Um, <laughs> and then also, he's always at all the football games. Or so you know where he's sitting at that bottom of the Saints end down the bottom. He's yeah. always nine times out of ten for a Premier League game. You'll find him sitting, sitting there that same spot. Yeah. Same spot. He just watches so much football and and a lot of um. When you see a lot of the old stuff, 80s and 90s, um, a lot of old people sort of from those eras talk a lot about him being one of the first sort of players to bring ultra-professionalism to AFL football. Um, he was always in good nick. Um, I don't think he's, I've ever seen a photo of him carrying any sort of weight. <laughs> nah, he's always ripped up. My uh, – my, my, oh, I should – you know, I didn't
0: really touch on a story, but mm. um, my funny story oh, – not, it's not a funny story, but mm. um, when Rossi Lyon got to the, the Saint, um mm. He told me that, um, yeah, Maggio, because him and Maggio are really good mates from the early Brisbane line, oh, Fitzroy days. Yep. And yeah, He, um, Rossi Lyon had come to me when he first met me. He said, oh, I heard about you when you were 16, 17. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, right." And he's like, yeah, Maggio Majo told me, like, you got to looking out for this bloke coming through. Like yep. he's just, he's got everything you need and all this. And yep. so Magoo was pumping me back then um, when I was sixteen, seventeen. So yep. thanks for that, Magoo. Yeah. <laughs> one of my um, one of my supporters. Um, yep. So that yeah, that's a um, a big um, story I've got. So Rossi Lyons. First thing he said, yeah, I heard about you a long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So congratulations there, Magoo. Something Clarky's written here about the bye being moved. Uh, should the bye be moved on the, to the weekend before the AFL Grand Final? It'll allow players to have moved, missed due to Concussion protocols, extra week to recover. You could have the Brownlow Medal, all the other individual awards that week. Local footy grand finals, etc. On that weekend off. Raph, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't comment. mind it because um, you know you look at
0: the the NFL. It's it's a big one. They do. Um, they have their week off, so you you know you come in with two very fresh sides. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Anyone love an extra week um, in between games, no matter what the round is, but yep. for the biggest game of the of the season, yeah, it, it
1: would not be a bad idea, and I think should should go into trial um, sooner or later. Yeah, I think. Would you be a fan of it? I'm a fan of it, but I think it's not going to happen because I think the AFLW still needs a push. Um, so they use the AFL round round one AFLW season launch for this week. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a product of that. But it would be good to do it that way. Um, obviously, the AFLW still needs that support to um, and that promotion as well. So I don't I don't know if it's going to happen in the near future, but it could be something that happens a bit later on. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's a, definitely not a bad comment from Clarkie, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely a, a, a strong
0: talking point and. Um yeah, it's, it's it's definitely one that, uh, you know, If you, I think if you ask current AFL players now, they'd probably be in favour of I'd I, I believe. But, mm. Yeah, but then again, like, the you know, you get the every team in the finals get a fresh week now um, yep. to freshen up. So, you know, that's that's good enough in itself, I believe. And, you know, you get to get all your best players back on the field, whether they got a bit of a niggle, you know, get to run them all out and get them fresh for
1: this weekend for the first week of finals next week. Yeah. Um. So we just got some of the awards here. Uh. AFL PA MVP. Um, So that's obviously voted by your peers, and that's Marcus Bontempelli, my favourite player. Um, Not a massive surprise there, I'd say. Yeah, I everyone loves the Bont. I don't think mm. you can find any 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 supporter that uh, can talk anything bad about the Bont. Oh, mate, have you seen Scoops? You're saying Kilda, mate. He's uh, <laughs> he got the 50 AFL trade rumours. Didn't have him in the team of the year. Oh, so. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, but, a, he's the only one I think. Yeah, and, and even the the Bont when he you know the relationship
0: he had when he come up with. Um, you know, in the off-season and, and the few training sessions he had with Saints, you know, everyone loved him down at Saints and instead of staying with the Premier League side when we split up, he'd go and train with the reserves boys and and have fun with them and you know like everyone's going oh, what's the bont training with the reserves for You should be over here but that's just the type of like years it gives time and, and day to every person's practicing um, his ground balls yeah, he's coming at
1: you on his <laughs> knees <Yeah. laughs>
0: so now, nah, shout out to the bont and i um i'm looking forward to the brown because i jumped on the bont um early days um what did you get he was paying fifty dollars when i jumped on him so oh, good. I, I checked it a little sly ten bucker on him, so <laughs> so lucky for um, He's Day Coster. Yeah, he? Day cost with injuries and missing the last few rounds. Um, the points um, are going to favourite, so
1: they've offered me a cash out already. So no, I'd be decent. <laughs> um, and then obviously Zach butter has got the AFL coaches MVP, and then Harry Sheezel got the Rising Star, which pretty much um, you know was sort of. Uh, you know, it was he's once Ashcroft went down with an injury, it was his to lose. Really, um, we'll go to a break now, though, guys. Um, we've got a few things coming up. Um, we've got some news coming up here, guys. But uh, stay tuned. You're listening to 16:11 a.m. SEN Football Fridays in the Top End.
2: SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Hey, Rob, we'll keep this pretty casual, but the All-Australian squad was released during the week. Um, I don't think we need to read out the whole team. We can, even it's getting confusing for those listening, but what were your thoughts on that? Just a general view. Did you like the team? Did you think they got it right?
1: Yeah, guys, if you go to page three of your document, um, we have have a side there. Very (laughs) very
2: well-prepared guru today. Uh,
1: Yeah. um, I don't mind the All-Australian side. I don't mind in the aspect of that most of the players are genuine sort of... um, play their genuine roles a bit more. Gordon think, and Dacos stands out in that for that comment, as wingmen yep. that get picked as wingmen, as opposed to, say, push,
2: pushing, you know, like a of Rosie out there or someone like
1: that. Yeah, Rosie is the only one, but at the same time, um, I don't mind having at least one midfielder sitting at half forward. Plus, he plays forward a lot. Like, yeah. he rests up forward a is And bit. Petrarca's similar. Yeah, so. Um, so, and I'm happy that, you know, you could have pushed Butters or Dacos, Dacos back to a back flank, even to add in another midfielder mm. there, but... Butters and Dacos have been two of the best five players this year, so them starting on the ball is good. And Agreed. obviously, um, yeah, Nick Larkey on the bench is, is an interesting one. But They've definitely gone had the had a three key year. forward, so they wanted to yep. acknowledge Curnow, uh, Tex and Nick Larkey. Yeah, I don't mind it. Raph, you've got a couple of St Kilda boys there. So Wilkie was the one, Raf,
2: maybe that mm. I don't mind that selection. I think Wilkie's played pretty good football and is an underrated defender. But some people thought, oh gee, that that's a spot that should have been reserved for Jacob Weedering or Harris
0: Andrews. What do you think? Yeah, definitely, and maybe even Stephen May. Um, yeah. you know, he he's had another consistent year, um, hasn't missed many games. Um but yeah, it's always good to see new faces in there and, you know, other people putting their hands up, but You're yeah. a Jack Sinclair fan?
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Are you asking, Raph? <laughs> oh, well. yeah, Anyone anyway, um, listen to me? Yeah. No, I'm a massive Jack Sinclair fan. And I've seen something on Facebook. That someone named it All-Australian. So and had Jack Sinclair as like fourth or fifth on the bench. And yeah. I was going to comment and just say, I'll bet you $1,000 that he's starting on a back flank. Um, he's a, the number one rated player on Champion Data. I'm a Sicily fan. So I'm happy that they gave him the nod. I this think Tom thing. Stewart's a bit of a
2: sort
0: of a weird one. Yeah, maybe. I
2: wasn't super... King. Yeah, if I, I was picking a team, I don't know if you'd mm. have Sicily and Stewart sort of in those back pocket roles. But did
0: he? I thought he missed a bit for injury too this year. He missed a few games. Mm. Sicily, Same Sicily, he's had six weeks or whatever he had yeah. suspension. So you know, I thought it went by the you yeah. know and playing coaches. every playing every game and yeah, well, he and all that that as spot. well. So it's a it's a funny one. Like yeah, if you miss games, I thought you know you Stewart really almost hunt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> has that spot reserved now, doesn't he? he has like <laughs> the last five <laughs> or yeah. something.
1: Yeah, well you know that's. And team, I think like three or four times this year, teams have put work into him and nullified him as well. So... That's also an interesting aspect there and Toby Green as captain's a massive um, from where he was eighteen months ago is a massive achievement. It's good to see old guys um, you know, stepping up
0: again and, and still get another spot like Taylor Walker, you know yeah. a couple of seasons ago everyone thought he's out the door and now he's back to his um, you know, probably the best form he's been in for that's a good three or four years. Oldest and yeah, ever first and it looks time. like he's
2: yeah, uh, it looks like he's getting better. <laughs> mm. He's the oldest ever first time all Australian uh, selection. I think there it's his sixteenth or seventeenth year, first time he made it and first time he kicked seventy plus goals a season as well so yeah talk about ageing like a fine line we spoke about Maddie Dennis earlier that's definitely text Taylor Walker yeah Jack Merritt deserves his spot
1: yeah I'd say so he's had a pretty big year um, as well and yeah I think he deserves his spot massive numbers yeah. um, I no guess room for Dusty right? yep uh, so the biggest final surprise I just want to touch on mine and maybe if, if you guys don't have one or you want to no, elaborate no, we'll on what I've it. got um, mine would have to be GWS you know like um Who would have predicted this run for them to make finals? They lose Tanner, Bruin, Torino and Hopper or Exit. Um... That, that's just in the off yeah. season. You also um, add in the, yeah, add in the change of coach, but the list management decisions were similar to the decisions that Collingwood made as well. Albeit some of the decisions were financial for them as well. They couldn't afford some of these players, but, um, the salary cap, I'd be interested in seeing the salary cap as well, because they have a lot of top end talent. Mm. Himmelberg, green, Whitfield, Cornelio, Kelly would all be taking a large amount of that money. Then they've got a lot of fine role players at clubs. Didn't a couple of role players at clubs didn't want as well that, um, have been there and also I've attached an article from something I found on Google search who's Dermot Burriton who we can talk about Dermy who's with Sen as well um, said there was genuine belief about uh, and in getting rid of Torino and um, Torino and Hopper in that Green was going to be the replacement and does better than what both of those guys do so this is something that Dermy had heard on the inside and it's something that sort of come through um, and saved GWS some money and probably would have been a decision that has created that for, for the Giants finishing in that latter position.
2: Yeah well I was big on trying to get not that I have any possible power but as a supporter cheering on Tom Green to Richmond, mm. um, it was a big call, but I think that he has the potential to be the best player in the AFL, like a slightly more athletic version of Paddy Cripps type. Like, I actually rate Tom Green that highly. I think he's in the top echelon of players. Um, but we a weird team, the Giants, like you said, it'd be interesting to see what how their salary cap structured up because mm. you'd have all those players at the top end, and then you seem to have, like, you know, the other 12 to sort of 13, 14 players. Um, all on peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's sort of structured that way because they... You know, earmark five, six, seven players who they say, hey, look, these players are integral to Greater Western Sydney, whether it's on field or a part of the off field culture and their leadership and stuff like that. So we're going to have to pay slightly overs for Cornelio and slightly mm. overs um, for players like that. Whereas then they see those other spots in the side as players, you know, like Connor Iden and Jake Riccardi and players that are sort of have a lot to prove, you know, players Mm. that are sort of um, sometimes linked, you know, Isaac Cumming, players who haven't got the big names of some of these other players, but play like they've got something to prove or play. Perhaps maybe some of them even have one foot out the door and are looking for a contract back in Victoria, Mm. but it's still allowing them to produce good football. um, You know, as we saw with Torino and Hopper, you can still play good football at a club, even if you've got your eyes set on moving elsewhere. So we talk about transient, Clubs, there's no equivalent to transient clubs in the AFL, but if anything, it would be Greater Western Sydney with their sort of inability to retain players as well as other clubs at yeah. this stage. So, oh, an interesting, uh, interesting club, the Giants.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I just, yeah, and also the culture aspect of their football club. You know, when you come in, that you're expected to play a role, and um, and it is a very interesting thing. Maybe I don't know what Raf's opinion is on it now, but obviously the AFL has become super professional, um, and how you define these boundaries between it being your workplace and then also having some sort of cultural knowledge of your football club and taking on board how the supporters feel um, and playing as a team and I sort of think that's the biggest thing and challenge for Brad Scott at Bombers. It sort of looks like the baller boys there employed at the football club and it is actually their job. Um, but. So are you just to summarise this
2: question for, for Raph and I, are you asking about what a club needs to do to create that Culture of a football club, as opposed to just like a workplace where players are oh,
1: Not re- I don't know if it's really much of a question. It's more of a statement. Like, like, how is this? Ha- like, how how can? Fo- yeah, how does it happen? But. Yeah. It's a very interesting thing because everyone speaks about, you know, how professional AFL footballs become. It's it's a workplace environment now, but there's also the aspect of your supporters fund the football club and they're the mm. traditionalists. And then what expectations you feel. Because you, you know out of those six top-end GWS boys, if one or two of them he's having a bad day, then the other two or three will step up and win the game for him. Mm. But at Bombers and these other clubs that don't really have that, that have struggled for years, there hasn't been that depth of blokes that show that they can... Perform to that higher level and, and show some grunt and heart, really. Mm. It
2: sort of sounds like we started talking about giants and then your frustrated Bombers supporters just jumped out of the page. Well, it, but the it Bombers is a are d- club it's there, a club well, that, yeah, point.
1: but the but Bombers fans have been starved of success for twenty years. So yeah. this is it's a legit Bombers thing, though. And like, it's clearly are, still, yeah,
2: it's clearly still an ongoing thing. So look, we'll talk about well, let's talk about the Bombers. Why not, Rob? Um, so no, I hundred percent agree with you. I think it's interesting that Brad Scott said at the best and fairest last year like oh it's going to be interesting to see what kind of shape we turn up to in preseason mm. had the whole season had that fade out you know as we said positives for the season as well it wasn't completely negative for the Bombers but had that bad fade out and now all the press on the Bombers is negative and Brad Scott's kind of sort of trudged out that same old line where he said well we've had a really disappointing end of the season, we've realised that some people just don't prepare like AFL footballers so we will see who turns up next pre-season and it seems like it's just going to go around and round in circles um, and I, I feel for you as a Bombers supporter, you know I understand that it must be like when does that change finally happen, you know, it must be very frustrating um, and clearly Bombers still have issues in that regard because I think out of all 18 teams in the AFL and it's a big core because you've got Gold Coast and other ones there but mm. I think the difference between the Bombers is best football and their worst is probably the most in, in the AFL. The biggest difference out of all the clubs in the AFL. You could probably argue that with the Suns or someone like that but, but off the top of my head, I reckon it's the Bombers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you look at that top four. I mean, we lo- We had six goals up against Collingwood. We never were close to Brisbane. We almost beat Port twice and we beat Melbourne. So we can match the top four and then we just go out and get Giants beat, Carl- beat us who by... Did now? Beat Carlton. That when Carl- Yeah, we got Carlton to turn them around. What's that, Raf? No, no, i
0: just um, having a stretch. Yeah, <laughs> I um, so, I, just, yeah, sorry. I, so
1: stretch. I don't know. It's just—it'll be interesting. I sort of get like I've, I've heard some internal stuff from the bombers with my insiders in Inside there. Inside goss, yeah. Inside goss, you know. What's Dempsey Paris
2: telling you?
1: Uh, DP3 <laughs> just mentioned. Uh, I was on the phone to him yesterday, Jeez. but um, the, yeah, I'm hearing some good things about Brad Scott and what he's gone and said to the board and stuff like that. So, I'm hoping. Again, this is my tenth or fifteenth time. Hope is yep. the key word here. Well, I have... so <laughs> Top six next year.
2: <laughs> I, without mentioning names, know a person that is within the walls at the hangar at the yep. Essendon Football Club, and their intel was one thing about Brad Scott is that he's always present. He's always around, and that mm. is uh, has to be a good thing. I think yep. they were talking about... Not that there was criticisms on previous coaches and things like that, but... Um, brad scott yeah he's always around he's watching the vfl squad train he's watching you know reviewing vfl games that have afl listed players in there so i think there's no doubting how invested brad scott is it's just Mm. about whether he can you know get those results and turn it around but just yeah. a quick one do you think the AFL's equalisation there's a bit of a random thing just to chuck out but do you think the AFL's equalisation is working really well it might have been the most even comp in a long long time and I know that's funny to say when everyone the whole year has been highlighting North Melbourne and West Coast but if you look at the team I just had the ladder up and it just glared out to me that the, the third worst team in the comp 16th was Hawthorne who had seven wins for the year knocked off Brisbane Lions who many teams see as a premiership favourites Um, and had a number of good performances during the year. So I think to have Hawthorne as the third worst team, then you've got Gold Coast who are the fourth worst, 15th, and they've had nine wins for the season. Every other Mm. team above Gold Coast have had 10 wins. So you've had 14 teams out of 18 have had at least 10 wins. That's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then even at the top, you know... um the top sides have won 75% of games obviously Collingwood were looking like the very dominant side Um, but it is, yeah, it is interesting and I do think the amount of homework and effort that goes into coaching um, anyone can win on any given day and it's probably different to um, you know, Raf's day maybe in that aspect where there's a more spread of sort of, that equalisation spread of the talent a bit more and you don't have as many dominant sides you yeah. see that now the two yeah. grand and final teams. And that's the best thing. Eleventh yeah. or tenth. The yeah. best thing you see now is like you know instead of falling away
0: from that top seven or eight or nine um, really quickly that you know it's mm. <laughs> this year you know even towards the end there West Coast and North Melbourne beating teams that no one thought they'd beat. Whether mm. those teams mm. you know didn't really try too hard against them, but they still come out and, and could still beat a team um, after the years they had. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's awesome to see.
2: 100%. We might throw to a quick break. There's plenty more to talk about. I do have some notes here. I don't know if you guys want to discuss on it, but I think the buy-around should be moved to that week before the grand final. Um, that weekend before, you could have all the individual awards and play like local footy grand finals and stuff. Um, I'm sure we will touch on Michael McLean, who has been inducted into the Brisbane Lions Hall of Fame. So well done, Joe. The CAFL, the CAFL, Central Australian Football League, is heating up. Um, the Minahan medal is on Monday night as well. I, have, I don't think they will ever do odds for the Minahan medal, but if Abraham Ankers isn't a dollar oh one to win that one. Gee, I'd be surprised about that. That's got to be the most <laughs> hot favourite of all hot favourites. Is third? I think so. And I'm going to look like a fool now if he doesn't win it. But yeah. I, I'm thinking that Ankers surely. Just off the top of our head, you'd, you'd think he'd win it, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's the other gun players that they do have at the side. It does seem like he's like two levels above all those guys. Yeah. So there's not many. I don't think there's going to be many vote stealing.
2: Someone told me he's just pretty much best on ground every game, and it doesn't surprise. Me he kicks Anchor's three or playing four, playing yeah. out of the
1: middle. Yeah, good bloke. You know, been around for a while. I just
2: perfect recipe for another minnehan medal i reckon mm. stay with us here yes i'm off i'm off for a day of work stay with us here for SEM fridays in the top end you're in good hands with the guru rob hale and raf clark live from the rain on horn darwin studio here in perhaps finding a place to write your next chapter